0: Welcome to the podcast that explores eudomania. Youda what? Eudomania is the pursuit of well-being based on our individual needs, which I love because we are all unique, and therefore our pursuit of wellness should be unique too. I'm a big fan of individualized, personalized care. There's no one-size-fits-all. I'm your host, Emily Geiser. I'm a nature-loving, spiritually curious health and life coach who rarely runs out of questions, so I decided to host an interview-style podcast so that I can ask all the questions that I want. Each week, we'll dive into topics of personal development, nutrition, spirituality, mental health, and well-being with guests who generously share their tools and expertise. If you enjoy what you hear, please be sure to follow on Apple or subscribe on Spotify. It helps the podcast, and you'll be alerted each week when a new episode drops. Let's dive in. I just love stories of people healing reversing diagnosis and diseases even chronic ones that are quote unquote incurable diseases through diet and lifestyle today we have another story just like that but before we dive in i want to remind listeners that fewer than three percent of us are doing the bare minimum to stay healthy yet when we implement some simple practices with consistency we can begin the healing process and it has a tremendous ripple effect. All of the information that's available to us can be super overwhelming and even contradictory, so it's reasonable that you'd want or need some help applying it to you and your unique needs. Today, I wanna invite you into a course where you'll learn specifically which diet and lifestyle recommendations, beyond the trendy wellness picks, will help you feel better and age better through hormonal health and balance. Happier Hormones is a self-study course starting October 2nd, so sign up right away, where you'll learn what to eat and when to eat for hormonal health, how to hack your cortisol response for more energy and better sleep, how to sync to your second body clock. You'll come away with more energy, better sleep, weight loss, and more even moods. I have an awesome deal of a coaching add-on, which, in my opinion triples the value of the course because you'll have my guidance to help you apply what you're learning to your actual life in a way that makes sense to you. If you'd like happier hormones so that you can have great energy, better digestion, catch some good sleep, stress less, and feel better, head to my website. Link is in the show notes and sign up. I'll send you an email and you'll be on your way. Hope to see you in the course. Now let's dive into the conversation. Today, we have Valerie Baczynski with us. She is the founder and owner of Genuine Glow Wellness, a company dedicated to educating and empowering individuals with osteoarthritis. Having navigated her own personal journey with osteoarthritis, Valerie transformed her experience into a source of empowerment for others and wrote the guide, Osteoarthritis 101, Your Essential Guide to Understanding and Managing Joint Health. Welcome, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I meant to ask you this before, but where can people find this guide since I just mentioned it?
1: It's at uh, www.genuineglowwellness.
0: Perfect. Great. One I'll,
1: I'll
0: link to that in the show notes for sure. But I wanted to make sure people knew where to find that. So can you tell me how your life and health has been impacted by osteoarthritis? Can we start there? Yeah. Well, so I, I was diagnosed really young. I was 27. And
1: at that time, I was kind of moving out of my party stage and, you know, thank goodness I found the outdoors. So I was just starting to hike and and do a lot of things outdoors and, you know, stepping it up a bit and had some joint pain. And I went to my doctor and she did x-rays and I was diagnosed with osteoarthritis and was told then at the time that I should just um, put my feet up and relax. You know, this is over 20 years ago. Oh, I forgive her because we don't know. We didn't know then what we know now. But of course, that's, we know now that that's the worst advice. And, you know, luckily, I still had that little teenage rebel left in me. And I, was, you know, forget that. I'm not stopping what I love doing. So I, I kept going, but I was sore a lot. My knees would be sore. It didn't start to limit me right away. I would just push through it, but then it did start to limit me. And, you know, there's a couple of situations where I had to start canceling trips and so forth. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, it came to a head, like I call it my osteoarthritis rock bottom, where I really felt like I was going to lose my ability to continue chasing my dreams. Um I'm really into hiking. I'm really into rock climbing. Uh, I actually moved from New York to Las Vegas to rock climb more. And then with COVID and everything and the stress of my job and my body was just breaking down. And that big escalation symptoms is what really made me take a a hard look at uh, putting my health first you know, making it possible. Um, I have a master's degree in nursing, so I was able to uh, turn to the research. I've always done this for my my work. I was doing this for my job and helping develop wellness programs, but I now did it for myself. And I was able to implement these and, you know, just amazing improvement over the past like three years or so.
0: Incredible. Congratulations, first of Um, all. Yeah. So to back up, a little bit to the point at which you were 27 and the doctor said, just put your feet up was was I have a couple questions about that. One, was she alarmed by your age?
1: You know, you get like, I don't know if she was alarmed, but you can catch the sadness. Yeah. And I think I've had that from several providers along the way. Even the last time I went and I I had an MRI, I thought I tore my meniscus and my doctor was like, I don't think you hurt your knee hiking. And then, you know, they hate to tell you that because the only cure that they know for that is joint replacement. You know, that's their tools. Information is getting out there now that it is primarily inflammation driven, but a lot of doctors from their medical school, they still have this mechanical thing that it breaks down, we replace it.
0: And so when you were 27, you said, you know, you were young, you were in a re- more of a rebellion stage. And I'm curious if at that point or between then and your rock bottom, you had implemented lifestyle stuff.
1: You no, know, little things here and there, mm-hmm. like, you know, most, but mostly like supplements, right? The band-aid fixes, mm-hmm. um, not the uh, total lifestyle fix. And, you know, it was also hard for me because I had a lot of like emotional baggage from my childhood. And, you know, we get on, we use these self-destructive behaviors like overeating and eating foods that harm us for comfort. And I really had a hard time breaking free from that. Uh So I feel like when I had that sudden fear that I was not going to be able to do the things that I wanted to do you know, that's that rock bottom that a lot of people talk about where, they at, where they're able to finally make the change. But also on top of that, I also researched, you know, habit change and stuff like and what one needs to do to actually make the change and steer clear of uh, self-sabotage.
0: I'm so excited to hear about the changes you made and your inflammation fighting lifestyle that you have now. Before we get there, though, I, I'm just curious. I imagine people that are listening are curious. When you were 27 and they did an X-ray, they could already see that your cartilage was being worn down, right? And so I'm just really excited to hear from you. Can we do a rating of what your pain was at rock bottom and what your pain level is today? Oh, gee. Because I think people listening, here's the reason I'm getting into this is because I think that people think diet and lifestyle is like really surface. And doesn't actually get deep. And obviously, mm-hmm. as a health coach, I know that it is the foundation. And it is the deepest we can go. Yep. But I think it's really good to put numbers with it because a lot of people think surgery or a pill is a lot better than diet and lifestyle. So, you know, it
1: varies, you know, and it would be out of 10. I mean, I used to wake up in the middle of the night. My knee would lock up in the night, it would be locked in like a semi bent position, and I would have to lay down, you know, push down on the knee to straighten out my leg. And there would be a very loud clunk. And it would be very painful to do that. But, you know, it hurt until I was I had to do that. And, you know, now that doesn't happen. I rock climbed yesterday. I maybe a two.
0: Oh wow. Just
1: and just here and there, you know, just a little, just a little reminder. I just completed a 13 mile backpack and that was, you know, nothing limiting at all, nothing that took away from the enjoyment. But I just did a 16 mile hike and I never thought I'd be able to do that again. And, you know, definitely the ankle hurt more than the knee uh-huh. by the end. And, but most, most, it seems like my feet just hurt. And anyone after they do it was 16 miles, about 4,500 feet elevation. Anyone is going to hurt. yeah, you are going to hurt after that, unless you're like an you know, ultra athlete.
0: Oh, wow. And you give yourself regular foot massages and help work out all those kinks because our feet do get tight from all the, while well, sitting and walking and stuff, yep. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is an incredible story. So through diet and lifestyle, you brought your pain from what was sometimes a 10 down to what is sometimes a two, not higher than that.
1: You know, I just had a little flare up and it's a little concerning and I teach a lot about mindsets. I think mindset is very important because this, this rumination is, you know, people can really uh, talk up their pain in their heads. And maybe I wasn't so successful. You know, I got really concerned uh, because it was just a couple of days before my backpack, but you know, that's going to happen. I'm going to have flares. Sure. But I feel like because of my diet, because of you know, getting enough sleep and managing my stress that it didn't blow up into this huge multi-month episode where I was limited. It ended up, it was amazing how quickly it improved. And i uh, amazed. I'm still amazed by it, the change. Because once upon a time, that would have been a month, months I would have been, you know, out of commission.
0: The flare-up. Yeah. Yeah. So you're having quicker recovery too. Yep. Absolutely. I think that's amazing. I'll just give you a little side note, and then I want to hear about these modifications. But my husband is a body worker. He's a myofascial release specialist. And I said to him that I was going to be talking with you today. And I was like, what do you, how does osteoarthritis come into your practice? Like, you know, he's like, oh, everybody has it. You know, it's so diagnosed. Yeah, yeah and a lot of people
1: think it's a it's a normal part of aging. Yeah, that's and right. Not a normal part of aging. What what your husband does is very important because a lot of uh, it, things are out of whack and malalignment is one of the big things that triggers it and gets sure. it started. Yes, I believe that. Yep, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. probably h- how mine got triggered initially, <laughs> and you know, stress, childhood trauma. But that's the story. for
0: Yeah, I don't need to go into what your trauma was, and I'm sorry that it's there, but is it your understanding that that plays a role in the inflammation and the pain?
1: Yeah, there's a, yeah, several studies have shown a a strong correlation between growing up and having adverse childhood events and developing osteoarthritis. And actually, you know, all the autoimmune uh, arthritis as well, Mm -hmm. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis also, you know, there's a strong uh, correlation there. Because we carry that fight or flight, that stress with us, and that
0: causes higher levels of inflammation in the body. It's incredible. I spoke with a functional medicine doctor the other day who said 100% in her experience, people who are struggling with autoimmune conditions have trauma in their childhood, Mm -hmm. in all of her experience with that. And that's really chilling, you know? it's Yeah, yeah. So on a happier note, tell us what you did that you have found to be so successful. What do you think is really important for fighting inflammation? I think diet is very important.
1: You know, a lot of these highly processed foods, sugar, refined flours, trans fats, which luckily are kind of being phased out, processed meats, you know, deli meats, bacon, all these the way that they're made produces chemicals that increases inflammation. And, you know, really just eating too much meat can be a problem. So, you know, adopting a more plant-based diet instead of a meat-based diet. And, you know, you don't have to give up all meat. It's just, we eat a lot of meat in this country and, you know, other foods that promote inflammation.
0: I also find that The combination of foods, like if it's going to make your blood sugar spike, that's also going to lead to inflammation as well, right? So if a diet is lacking in protein and is lacking in healthy fats and is more carb heavy, you're going to, there's going to be a lot of those spikes.
1: Yeah. And those, that the spike is definitely something that causes inflammation. It also makes it harder to lose weight. It makes it easier to gain weight and you know carrying excess fat so that's another big thing you know i lost over 50 pounds 80 pounds total once you phase out these inflammatory foods it is easier to lose weight because it makes it easier for your body to release that fat and harder for your body to store fat and these fat cells produce inflammation they excrete inflammatory chemicals so if you have, you know, if you have too much excess fat, you're going to, you, your body's just going to have more inflammation.
0: It's, things are so tied together. A lot of our products, our everyday products have hormone disruptors, specifically like mm-hmm. obesogens in them, right? Which not only make us fatter, but it makes us produce more fat cells. And you're saying inflammation in fat cells. So even our products can be creating a lot of inflammation within our bodies. Mm-hmm. During this short ad break, I want to take a moment to direct you to the wellness shop on my website. I try really hard to keep my house free of toxins. If we've worked together, then you know the role environmental toxins can play in our overall health and wellness. I'm often asked which products I trust and use, so I create a resource page for you, ranging from safer skincare to safer feminine hygiene to my daily supplements and my preferred source for meat. You can get this and more at emilygeyser.com backslash resources. Links are in the show notes. Yeah, you know, I haven't looked at that too much, but you're you're talking like about like cleaning, skin. Yeah, yeah, all that. Everything we put on our, we're breathing in and putting on our skin. Yeah. It's remarkable. I'm always just struck by how benign we think that is right? But our skin is our largest organ. So it's just another example of where these inflammatory compounds can be coming from. Yep. Okay, great. So you did a lot to change your diet. I heard you mention sleep and stress. So say a little yes. bit more about... Yep. So that. stress is very important. So just, you know, managing
1: my stress more, implementing some, you know, mindfulness and, and stress reduction things, taking care of me. And also let's say retuning those parts of, in my mind that would add to stress, like that inner critic that we all have. So, so kind of, you know, tuning into that and, and challenging that. And it's really a, it's a big overhaul that a lot of people need to do because we have this constant voice in our head criticizing us and that causes uh, stress. And then it also makes it harder to to give up these foods that we turn to for comfort that
0: cause inflammation it's it's so all connected it is so all connected and people have a lot of stress a lot of emotional attachment to food and removing Mm -hmm. foods or changing that in of itself can create stress i think mindset work along with it really can help alleviate that yes but you're right it's like a big ball of wax yes sleep is also very important
1: just one poor night of sleep can cause pain and inflammation levels to spike. But you know, one of the problems when people have osteoarthritis is that their their pain can prevent sleep. They can wake up in pain during the night and sleep. So just scheduling in more time for sleep and making it a priority it's it's not a luxury; it's a necessity.
0: Yes. I feel that way and I don't have osteoarthritis, but just for functioning in the world, it's so, it's so it's important. A, yeah, it's important for everybody. Mm-hmm. And most
1: people do not get enough sleep.
0: I love that you are really bringing to light how much agency we have in our own well-being, which is a big message of this podcast. It's just like, you know, small changes can really yield big results.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I love how you're listing a lot of things that you can just stack. Maybe you don't start it all at once, but you can yep. layer these pieces. And you say one in four people have osteoarthritis. And a lot of people experience pain and discomfort as we mm-hmm. age, whatever we want to call it. But it's all related to inflammation. Yes. I think everybody can benefit from an anti-inflammatory lifestyle.
1: Yep, yeah, especially as we, as we age because um, inflammation goes up. As we age, just naturally, but also increasing inflammation uh, speeds aging.
0: Uh, Yes.
1: So there's another, you know, just feeds itself another
0: vicious circle. So when you work with people who are struggling and in pain, what kind of timeline can you like suggest? Can you suggest? So everyone is different.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, it happens so gradually that they might not even notice. Yes. And then all of a sudden, one day it, it hits them. So, you know, they're going to notice some improvements within a couple of weeks. But like the major improvements um, might take longer. And, you know, for me, it was definitely a, a very, very gradual. And then, you know, one, it's like one day I woke up, I realized... I'm not waking up during the night anymore. I'm not. Well, I'm waking up during the night, but not for my need For different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: That's something that I've always been amazed about with pain is how it can feel all encompassing when I have it. And once it's gone, I forget I had it. It mm-hmm. like just disappears from the mind, you know? Yes. So I see what you mean that people that once it's gone, it's hard to remember what yes. it was. Yeah. Okay, before I ask you the question that I ask all my guests about their morning routine, is there anything else that you want to share that I haven't known to ask you? I think we got a good general
1: overview here of, you know, just how important and how effective lifestyle changes can be for improving osteoarthritis. A lot of people are told that surgery is the only way to fix osteoarthritis or, or, you know, air quotes, cure it. But, you know, Lifestyle changes have been found to be extremely effective. It's just that's something that it's just not out there. This is all uh, research in the past 20 years, and it can take up to 24 years for new research to get into the hands of doctors. So they're they're making some valiant efforts. It's very promising to me to see. And I, I think, think that's the same for a lot of conditions right now that we're starting to see lifestyle Interventions being more heavily pushed by insurance companies and the government—you know, people that are going to make sure that this information gets into the hands of our providers because it does—it lowers it lowers healthcare costs if people aren't sick, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hope you're right about that. I love that I you're an so. advocate. I love that you're an advocate for this.
1: I think we have, you know, we have different factions. Some people want to keep us sick and other people want to keep us well. Yeah. So hopefully the people who want to keep us well end up on the winning side. Yeah. Have the
0: louder voice. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of a morning routine. I'm curious if you have one. And if so, what it looks like. So I wake up and drink coffee
1: every morning. And then I try to move uh, right away because uh morning stiffness is a big part of having osteoarthritis you know some days are worse than others so even just like I I put away the dishes out of the dishwasher or some sort of movement like that where I'm not getting up and sitting right away and then I do have a stretching routine that I do and I every well this is the summer routine because I live in Las Vegas I have to get out early for my walk. I walk every day. Every day that I'm not rock climbing, which is like two or three times a week, I rock climb in the morning, in the summer. But those days that I don't rock climb, I walk my dog for about two miles every morning. And I'm really into the mindfulness, so I try to do the mindfulness walking, the mindful walking where I focus on It's amazing even in this urban environment that I live in, which is more suburban, but how much nature there is. So I I try to get that dose of nature in also on my walk.
0: Tell me more about your mindfulness walk. What does that mean to you? So to me, that means instead of thinking about
1: everything I need to do that day and going, you know, those constant thoughts that are in our head, I, I pay attention to you know i'll i'll switch back and forth i'll i'll feel the ground underneath my feet you know as i'm walking through the steps and then i'll just try to pay attention to what's going on around me it's funny today i just this morning i focused on just the the sound of my dog next to me his cute little jingle 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 <laughs> and he moves it, you know and and being in the present and observing what's in the present instead I'll oh I have to do this, I have to do
0: that, or oh, I have this podcast oh, interview my. today. And I'm I'm just curious, as you're doing this, do you find that thoughts come in and you just get to like let them go and come back oh, to yep. the present? Yes. Oh, the thoughts will always
1: come in. I think a lot of people think the mindfulness and the meditation is the absence of thoughts, but it, it it's more about, you know, letting them happen and then dismissing them and returning back to the present.
0: I love it. What a beautiful practice. Thank you. Before we take off, tell people where they can find you. So I'm on Instagram
1: a lot. I try to post almost every day a little tidbit of information. I'm at Arthritis Health Coach on Instagram. And then I do have my website where you can find my services. I have a couple of free goodies on there a food list and a supplement guide and then also that's where you can find my my book and then my coaching cert my one of a a program a group program a membership program coming out soon so I'm really excited about that and then I also have a uh, Facebook group we just hit over a thousand members it's a very excellent group and I love it because I really try to keep the tone positive and what you find in a lot of these osteoarthritis Facebook groups is it's just so negative, you know, that there are just, you know, people are just repeating what they were told. It's, it's not their fault, but I, I try to, you know, spread the truth in my Facebook group and keep a positive, a positive atmosphere and that a name of my group is, it's for women with osteoarthritis. So it's women with osteoarthritis. Fantastic. I will you, link- can, you, you can also find me on Facebook and send me a message if anyone
0: needs help finding that. Cool. I will link to all of that in the show notes. So those of you who are listening, you can just scroll down and find links. I really enjoyed your Instagram page. You do offer a ton of, a ton of really great tips. So it's a good spot. It's a good resource there. And I, I, so, I like right? to hear that you keep the tone of your group just thinking about stress and inflammation that you actually work to keep the tone so that it's not causing further stress, which yeah. I think we can dismiss how much stress we take in on social media.
1: Yes, it's, oh, it's so, you know, when I see people they just join one of these other groups, and they're like, "Oh, what can I expect?" And all the responses are, "Oh, it's horrible. Well, <laughs> I try to like, "No, no, osteoarthritis does not inevitably progress and because that you know that rumination is it can destroy us, you know our our body, our mind, and our spirit. so and when you have a chronic condition like osteoarthritis, it's really important to keep all those three things healthy.
0: Absolutely. I'm really glad that you're sharing this message because when people get a chronic diagnosis like this, I can imagine it's just absolutely, it takes your, what's it, what's the saying? Like it takes your feet out from under you. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of like you, it's destabilizing, right? And you have such a message of hope and you are proof of all of that. So Thank you for sharing with us and congratulations. It's a great, it's a great story. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Valerie. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass along to a friend. You can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review. And if you're curious what it's like to work with me or just want to learn more about the work I do in optimizing your own wellness, head to my website, EmilyGeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at Emily Geiser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them.